It's time for Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the best place to go to get all your fantasy football news, analysis, and advice to dominate your league. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Starting off the breaking news is, I'll just get right down to it. Dolphins backfield will never be the same again. Mr. Brown, Mr. Malcolm Brown, will be out of town. He is uh, going on IR with his calf injury. And the Dolphins, you know, they, they have a horrible backfield to begin with. Not able really to generate much of a ground attack. Probably the worst rushing team in football right now. And this doesn't help the cause at all. So now it's down to Miles Gaskins and Salvin Ahmed to hold it down. And, I mean, they can't do any worse than they're already doing. They're already in last place. So uh, their, their horrible backfield just got a lot worse, unfortunately. Uh, New Orleans Saints wide receiver Traquan Smith got activated from IR. That's good news. Gives them some more depth. Wide receiver room has been kind of hurting. Uh, Chris Hogan retired. Harris went to IR, so uh, they need all the help they can get at this point. Seattle Seahawks. Now, this is interesting because they activated running back Rashad Penny. You know, he was out all last year. He was injured, and now he, uh, he played the first game and then hurt his calf still, and so they went back to IR. And this was just bad news overall for Rashad Penny. He looked like he was, you know, showed bursts of talent, but uh, just couldn't stay healthy. Well, now that he's coming back, I really feel like he's going to maybe potentially take some carries away from Alex Collins. So he might be a good stash player that you have, and uh, just kind of seeing how this plays out with that offense. And I can definitely see Penny getting more carries than Alex Collins. I mean, Penny was a first-round pick of uh, Pete Carroll. So, uh, yeah, again, it's just interesting. Miles Sanders suffered a low ankle sprain, uh, and so uh, he's going to be week-to-week. But I still think Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell are going to be interesting pieces going forward. I like Miles Sanders. I think he's a decent running back. I don't like the way the Eagles use him. And I I think they could use him more effectively and he can be a decent back. But, uh, yeah, it seems like they're phasing him out. And uh, I can see him maybe even being phased out completely by the end of the year, which is unfortunate. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to get his MRI on his injured hip. So is it going to be the return of the Fitzmagic? I don't believe it's going to be. He's, and actually I think, you know, him getting checked out is a good sign that they're, you know, potentially could activate him in a couple weeks. But uh, this also could be a thing where he's just not ready and he sits out the whole year. So sad, sad to say, but uh, yeah, if Ryan Fitzmagic is, uh, you know, I wouldn't count on him returning the rest of the year. That's really going to hurt the Washington football team because they're already, you know, they do have average quarterback play. And with that defense, they're just out on the field too much, and their offense isn't able to generate very much. Zach Wilson suffered a PCL sprain. He's going to miss two to four weeks. That's unfortunate. PCLs are, you know, the side of the knee. And he's going to, you know, two to four weeks is significant. So you're going to see Mike White or, you know, with the – talking about the Jets they made that trade 
Uh, they traded the Eagles for Joe Flacco for a sixth-round pick, and uh, maybe we'll start seeing some Joe Flacco in there. I'm, I, I'm going to count on Mike White being the guy and Joe Flacco backing him up. Uh, Flacco is just a shell of him for his former self and nothing more but an overage veteran. But uh, they definitely need that depth there at quarterback with the injury. So, And they're familiar with him since he played there last year. And I wonder, you know, Flacco trying to escape from New York and then being called back. I'm sure he's like, man, I tried to get out of there. And uh, they just reeled me right back in. Tim Coleman has a hamstring injury. We'll see how that plays out. I mean, it's really starting to become the Michael Carter show anyways. And, uh, you know, Ty Johnson is actually getting more play as well. Tyrod Taylor might be coming back. And it can't come soon enough for those Houston Texans because they look like the worst team in football. I think Tyrod Taylor can at least get them a win or two and make them a, le- a little bit respectable in the losses. I mean, they're just getting blown out every game now. And it's, I mean, if you're a fan, this can't be fun to watch. So that's nothing but good news. Uh, I think some of the biggest news is Devontae Adams was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list, which means he is not going to play on Thursday. I just don't see it happening. It's unfortunate and sad, but uh, that's... You know, that's what it is, the new reality of COVID. And uh, if you have him, you really need to pivot, you know, get him on your bench, put in another person, especially with him playing Thursday. You don't want to leave him in there and accidentally play him when you don't want to. Uh, pick up Alan Lazard if you're hurting on bye weeks or injuries and you need somebody. Uh, you know, he's going to get targets in the ball without Devontae Adams, so he could be a good pivot piece. Um, Josh Jacobs suffered a chest contusion. Uh, but he should be fine. Darren Waller's going to come back, so Foster Moreau isn't... Uh, I don't know. I still think Foster Moreau will be relevant. I really like that tight end attack that they have there for the Raiders, and the tight ends are doing way better than the wide receivers. Patriots cornerback Jonathan Jones, who I love all the way back to his days in Auburn. I thought he was a really good cornerback. Should have been drafted, uh, but he suffered a chest contusion against Philadelphia. Um, but they're uh, sorry, <laughs> not a chest contusion, a shoulder surgery. So he's going to be out for the rest of the year. And that's just disappointing news uh, for that Patriots defense because they actually have a really good defense, really good pass defense, and Jonathan Jones was a big part of that. So having said that, there's uh, not much going on. Jake Luton signed with the Seahawks to back up again, and uh, he should be fine. He's not going to play. We don't need to worry about it. Seahawks also released offensive tackle Cedric Ogbui, and, you know, he was a first-round pick that had high expectations, and now he's just a journeyman trying to find a job, and that's life in the NFL. Tennessee Titans with running back Mikai Sargent, and I don't know who that guy even was, so obviously uh, they're going to try to revert him to the practice squad, and... Uh, Probably had him on the team as a special teams guy. Rams dealt linebacker Kenny Young to the Broncos, which is awesome because the Broncos have so many depth issues. Their linebackers were just decimated by injury. Kenny Young's a pretty young, decent player for the Rams. They didn't really have room for him. The Broncos have plenty of room for him with all those injuries. So it's a, it's a win-win for both sides. So having said that, going to the NFL action the Panthers and the Giants, that game was just, that game was horrible. Let's face it. That game was 5-3, to three, like most of the game, before the Panthers' defense was on the field too long and just started giving up uh, 
points to the Giants. I think the biggest takeaway from Week 7 is just the amount of blowouts that happened this week. It, it was crazy. I wasn't expecting it. I thought there'd be a lot you know, more closer games. And the fact that the... Uh, yeah, the, the the Giants, of all people, annihilated the Panthers. was was uh, just really disappointing. Uh, another big blowout that was kind of a surprise was the Chiefs-Titans. I thought it was going to be a close game. I thought maybe the Titans would win. I didn't expect the Chiefs not to score a touchdown. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kels, Patrick Mahomes, all were uh, disappointments this week. And uh, that was just a tough break for, for the Chiefs. And, you know, them losing four games already... Uh, this is starting to become make or break for them. They need to turn it around quick. They definitely have the talent to be a playoff team, so I wouldn't panic yet, but if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm definitely worried. And if I'm on the Chiefs, I'm definitely worried. This needs to be turned around pretty quickly. And losing like this, especially a game that you thought they would rebound and show the world that they're you know a better team than how they played the week before, they didn't do that. Uh, speaking of a blowout, Patriots beat the Jets again, just like they always do. Um... I mean, there's not much to really analyze in this game. The Patriots' defensive and offensive lines dominated the Jets. Damian Harris had a monster game. Zach Wilson got hurt. I mean, all good things happened for the Patriots, all bad things for the back, or for the Jets. Packers, Washington football team, this game played out how we thought it would. Packers won. Washington football team's defense is on the field too much. And... Uh, I mean, how does it feel for the Washington football team? I mean, they were a good team in the the playoffs last year, and now it looks like you know they're going to be on the outside looking in at two and five. So, uh, just goes to show you what quarterback play can do for you in this league. The Falcons and the Dolphins. That game was also really fun to watch. The Falcons won on the last second field goal, and yeah, there was a lot of offense in this one. Russell Gage made an appearance doing what he should have been doing all along. It was nice to see him get that long touchdown. Calvin Ridley showed up finally, and Kyle Pitts had himself a game. Miami side of the ball, obviously Tua Tagovailoa had a game, the the best game of any quarterback of Week 7. Just kind of shows you how lackluster the quarterback play was this week. But uh, nothing to take away from Tua. He played great. I mean, he got four touchdowns. We should celebrate it. Bengals annihilating the Ravens, and the thing is the Bengals were the best team in the AFC North. Everybody talked about the Steelers. Everyone talked about the Browns, the Ravens, that they were going to be the, you know, the kings of the North. And here comes the sneaky Bengals beating the Steelers in Pittsburgh, beating the Ravens in Baltimore. And I think the biggest takeaway is just that Bengals defense. They're good. They're really good. And uh, they definitely deserved uh you know, they deserve to be talked about as one of the best teams in the AFC, if not the NFL right now. And, uh, again, it comes down to that defense. Their offense can score. Their defense can stop teams from scoring. And uh, it doesn't take a genius to figure out why they're doing so well. Uh, the Lions, they they tried. I mean, they were up 16-6 to most of the first half against the Rams, and Rams just too good. Cooper Cup getting those two touchdowns. Jared Goff just wasn't able to manage. And... Uh, this was, yeah, this was, turned out to be a, a one-sided affair for the Rams the rest of the way. But I give props to the Lions. I mean, they're probably the best 0-7 team that I've seen for a while, and I don't think this is going to last long. I just think they've had a really horrible record, and they find crazy ways to lose. 
Uh, no one expected them to beat the Rams, and they gave them a game that uh, no one expected. Raiders, I mean, John Gruden who at this point, right? He's been gone for two games, and these were the two best games the Raiders have looked on offense. I mean, they're using all their weapons. Uh, they look like a team to reckon with. And the Eagles, on the other hand, they're trending the opposite way. This game was a blowout. Don't let the score fool you. Eagles got all their points late in the game when the game was already out of, out of hand. Jalen Hurts is one-dimensional. Great fantasy football quarterback, not a good real-life quarterback. And uh, he's basically their whole rushing attack at this point. If I'm an Eagles fan, I'm definitely worried about that offense and just how competitive the Eagles can be. Because that defense is actually pretty good, but uh, their offense isn't helping them out. Texans-Cardinals, we don't need to talk about it. We knew the Cardinals would dominate. The Texans weren't good. That's really how this game played out. Cardinals were good. Texans were not. So it was good to see Zach Ertz get right in, into the action after being traded. And, uh, you know, James Conner had a nice little jaunt. But Davis Mills, yeah, when he's playing quarterback, I'm, what do you expect at this point, right? And uh, all if you're a Texans fan, the best you can hope for is Tyrod Taylor, baby, riding uh, in to save the day. And I actually think the Texans can maybe win another game or two if Tyrod comes back. But until that happens, uh, it's going to be more of the same. Bears, don't even want to talk about it. Matt Nagy can't coach, uh, coach up a quarterback. He ruined Trubisky. Justin Fields looks worse and worse every game. Uh, it's a turnover machine. Uh, for them winning three games, I don't know how the Bears did it. The Buccaneers are, are obviously one of the best teams in football and just dominated this one. And then uh, obviously the Colts, 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo turning the ball over way too many times. Colts, you know, they're a better team than they get credit for. Uh, definitely way better than uh, what the record is. And they were, Jonathan Taylor looked good. Carson Wentz played decent, and the difference was Garoppolo turning the ball over too much. Elijah Mitchell came back. It looked amazing, too. So I definitely want to emphasize Elijah Mitchell because if you have him on your team, you need to throw him back in there because he's the real deal. And then, obviously, the game that just happened, Saints with the field goal over the Seahawks. Thought maybe the Seahawks would try to rebound and, uh, you know, get out of their rut. But uh, they fall to 2-5, and five and, and uh, yeah. I think the big takeaway from this game is Alvin Kamara. He doesn't need to get a lot of rushing yards to be effective. I mean, he had 10 catches on 11 targets, and uh, he's just a beast. Uh, he, again, he can beat you in so many ways, whether it's rushing, receiving. And this one, it just happened to be receiving. Uh, it's a, he was a lot of fun to watch, and especially for this game being so horrible, he gave us some excitement. So, uh, you know, thank you, Alvin Kamara. But uh, let's just move on to the, uh, the goats, shall we? The Burke and Miz Goats of the Week. Here we go. Let's get into the Goats of the Week. And at quarterback, the number three goat of the week happens to be Mr. Tom Brady versus the Bears. Now, this is becoming a weekly thing where Tom Brady is playing anybody and just ripping them up. He threw touchdown passes to Godwin. He threw three touchdown passes to Mike Evans. And this game was over before it began. I mean, the Bears scored three points. Justin Fields turned over the ball like six times. It was a massacre. 
and Tom Brady didn't need to do much in this one, but he did plenty. Uh, and my big thing, or my big takeaway from this game is the Buccaneers are really good and the Bears are really bad. Now, having said that, you know, I still stand firm with what I said. I like Justin Fields. He's a rookie. He doesn't have a lot to work with. He has Matt Nagy as his head coach. I'm not ready to give up on him. So, I'm... I, But overall, I mean, you look at what Tom Brady is able to do, and it's just ridiculous. He only threw for 211 yards, but still four touchdowns. So, uh, number two, Matthew Stafford going against his old squad, 28 for 41, 334 yards, three touchdowns, and again, great performance by Matthew Stafford. And they kind of had the slow start. I mean, Detroit was in this game. They were up like 16-6 to six or something early on, and the Rams were able to fight back. Obviously, the Rams have Cooper Cup. The Detroit Lions do not have Cooper Cup. That was pretty much the difference in this game. Uh, you know, Detroit got lucky with that uh, DeAndre Swift uh, pitch and catch with Jared Goff. But outside of that, they really weren't able to do much on offense. So... Uh, Matthew Stafford, number two star of the week, and this just shows kind of what a, uh, I guess, mediocre week it was for quarterback play this week. Our number one uh, goat of the week is Tua Tagovailoa for the Dolphins. I mean, he probably heard all the rumors. You know, they're trading for Deshaun Watson. They're trying to trade him away. He's not any good. They're giving up on him. Well, they might still have given up on him, and indeed Deshaun Watson might end up playing for Miami at the end of this coming up week, but 32 for 40, 291 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, and even got 29 yards on the ground. So he, out of all the quarterbacks, Tua Tagovailoa was the top-rated quarterback of the week. So give give props to Tua. If this was it for his tenure with the Dolphins, he went out with a bang and actually showed some promise in this one. So it, it'd be a... a It'd be a real shame if uh, the Dolphins en- ended up getting Watson and not being able to do much with them, and then Tua goes somewhere else and just starts ripping it up. But uh, uh, he was a quarterback I wasn't high on when he got drafted, and I wasn't high on him. But uh, I got to say, after this week, uh, he keeps having performances like this, then uh, yeah, we got something to talk about. Anyway, congratulations, Tua. You are our GOAT of the week. Running backs, now this is a little bit different. Dearness Johnson is number three goat of the week. Rushed the ball 22 times, 146 yards with a touchdown. And also caught two uh, two balls for 22 yards. Uh, you know, this was his first game starting, being the main guy. And he really played out well. I mean, Denver has a pretty good run defense, so we don't want to you know, we don't want to downplay that. I, I really liked his, uh, his grittiness, running over guys. Looked really good. And, you know, Nick Chubb's going to be back here by week eight, it appears, so this might only be a two-week thing. But enjoy it while it lasts, because Dearness Johnson might be the best third-string running back in football right now. And he's definitely our third GOAT of the week. Number two GOAT of the week is Damian Harris. He only rushed the ball 14 times. 14 times he got 106 yards, two touchdowns. And, uh, you know, he had a great matchup here with the Jets. But I think he would have got more, except for they kind of called off the dogs. I mean, the Patriots scored 54 points against the Jets. And, uh, I mean, took Zach Wilson out of the game, and this just wasn't pretty. And New England was really able to 
control the line of scrimmage and really had a great rushing attack in this one. And then our number one GOAT of the week. This one happened just a few minutes ago. Alvin Kamara for the New Orleans Saints. Just, you know, here's the thing. He rushed the ball 20 times when he had 51 yards rushing. Not that great. Like, what, 2.5 yards per carry? That's nothing to write home about, but he was targeted 11 times, had 10 catches for 128 yards, and then obviously had the uh, first touchdown by the Saints. And that's what makes Alvin Kamara so great. You can stuff him in the run, might not get anything on the ground, but you got to also try to contain him uh, as a receiving threat. And the Seattle Seahawks weren't able to do it. That was the difference in the game, and Alvin Kamara was our number one goat of the week. On to receiver. This one was just craziness because these three guys I'm about to mention, if any of the, if anyone had these three guys in like a FanDuel lineup, I mean, that's just insanity. Uh, I'll start off with Mike Evans. He only had six catches, but half of those were touchdowns. He had three touchdowns, 76 yards, targeted 10 times. He, you know, Mike Evans is known for these types of games. You have games where he's really quiet, doesn't do anything, and then boom, three touchdowns here, three touchdowns there. And, uh, you know, this was the shellacking from the Bears. You know, you thought that the Buccaneers might cough the dogs a little bit. Uh, they got a big lead, and then they just kept going, and they kept giving it to Mike Evans. Number two go to the week is Jamar Chase, and coming out to being one of the top rookie wide receivers ever through his first seven games, targeted 10 times, eight catches for 201 yards. Had like a 72-yard uh sprint to the end zone. Uh, it looked like he was going to be tackled, was able to weasel his way out of it, go all the way, and uh, score that touchdown. And I just got to say, Jamar Chase, you know, for rookies, they usually take a while, and you start seeing them in the second half of the season really starting to just, you know, show their worth. Jamar Chase has done it right out of the gate. And there's been rumors before the season, you know, that he was having drop problems, and he couldn't run routes, and, you know, I ate that up a little bit. And you know, obviously I was wrong and everyone was wrong because uh, he's turning out to be the best receiver uh, ever as a rookie. Then number one is Cooper Cup. And we already talked about him when we talked about Matthew Stafford. But uh, 13 targets. When you get 13 targets a game, I mean, you're just, it's almost like you're going to be a top five receiver. I mean, just with the targets alone. But he had 10 catches for 156 yards and two touchdowns. Just barely eked his way past Jamar Chase for the top overall GOAT spot. Cooper Cup's going to be here a lot. He's been here a lot in the past, and this is just a record-setting season for him. And, you know, the upgrade at quarterback is really making a difference for Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup's turning out to be the best wide receiver in the game right now. So good for him. And we'll move on to tight end. Number three GOAT of the week is Mike Kosicki. For the Dolphins, and it's sad because I believe I said that he wasn't going to have a good game in this one, and everyone else would. It would be the game for the wide receivers. Well, it wasn't. He was targeted eight times, had seven catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. And that's another thing with Tua Tagovailoa. He's using Mike Kosicki this year, and it's something he didn't do much last year. This year, he's really starting to, you know, he's really starting to use him as a weapon, and he's paying off. And Kosicki had a top three performance. Number two, this person didn't even have a touchdown, but, man, did he get yards. And this is Kyle Pitts. 
So this is the rookie tight end that everyone has been talking about, and this is the type of performance that everyone was expecting out of him. I shouldn't say they expect it week in, week out, but eight targets, seven catches, 163 yards. Just, that's insanity. He, uh, you know, they, they were able to eke out a win against the Dolphins, and, you know, at the end of the game. And, I mean, everyone had some piece of this action. I mean, Kyle Pitts got all the yards, they didn't get a touchdown, but Russell Gage was involved, Calvin Ridley, and you really got to like how Kyle Pitts is coming along in this offense, and he could be a real threat down the road, so fun to watch. And then our number one tight end goat of the week is C.J. Azuma, Bengals tight end. This is the second time in, like, what, three weeks he's had two touchdowns? He was only targeted three times, caught all three of those, had 91 yards. So I've never seen a tight end get so many big plays, but C.J. Azuma seems to do that quite regularly. Two touchdowns, I mean, yeah. I mean, he had a great matchup here against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, apparently the, the Ravens uh, gave up a lot of air yards between him and uh, Jamar Chase, and uh, it just is kind of crazy because you have, figure you have Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. It's like... You know, why don't you? Those guys need to get touchdowns too, and they probably could if they kept going. But getting 41 against Baltimore, you know, visiting in Baltimore is uh, this Bengals team's for real. And I'm not afraid to say it that the Bengals might be the best team in the AFC right now. Burke and Miz the Wiz Montalban, Ghosts of the Week. Let's get this started. Now it's time for ghosts, and perfect timing, just because we're so close to Halloween. So why not throw our ghosts out there? These are all the players that we expect a little bit more from and just let us down. So starting off, our number three ghost of the week at quarterback is none other than Mr. Patrick Mahomes. I thought that he was going to have a revenge game, really come out firing. This was a great matchup where... You know, against the Tennessee Titans, their, their pass defense was suspect, and it didn't really matter. He was 20 for 35, 206 yards, only 206 yards, and uh, had one pick, zero touchdowns, and then had six rushes for 35 yards. So that, not the type of performance we had, would expect. I mean, the Chiefs didn't even score a touchdown, and we thought Mahomes would be sitting here passing for multiple touchdowns. Really disappointing. I thought about putting him number one, but... I I couldn't do it. I, I just couldn't do it. Um, but he deserved to be on the list for sure. Um, number two ghost of the week was Sam Darnold. I mean, it was so bad that he got benched for P.J. Walker, and deservedly so. I mean, 16 for 25 for 111 yards with an interception. Panthers' offense was doing absolutely nothing. The, I mean, it was, what, like 5-3? to three? Like for most of the game in this one until the Giants really started scoring late in the game. And that's only because the Panthers have been out on defense the whole entire game. Uh, so Sam Donald didn't help his team out at all. He was a guy that was kind of wild card going into the season. You know, you figure with the new environment, he might show w what type of quarterback he was. And earlier on, he, he, he was. He was playing pretty well. But, uh, yeah, lately uh, he's been playing pretty bad, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, – you know, they're, they're, Sam Darnold's at the end of his rope, and uh, they might go P.J. Walker full-time uh, here. I, I know they're probably going to go back to him next week, uh, Sam Darnold, but uh, probably not for long. I'm sure he's on, a, he's on a really short leash. 
So having said that, our number one ghost of the week is none other than Justin Fields. 20, he was 22 for 32, 184 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. He rushed the ball eight times for 38 yards, but he had like three fumbles too. I mean, it was it was just pathetic. And, I mean, he, he didn't get you any fantasy points whatsoever. He was kind of a pick for some because, you know, Vandals lineups because of the Buccaneers uh, giving up some pass yards. And they're like, maybe this will be a, a sneaky play that uh, Justin Fields will produce. And it just goes to show you that it doesn't matter who Justin Fields is playing. Uh, that defense is going to look dominating. And Justin Fields has a long way to go. And I just don't think he has a coach that can develop him. And again, saying I, I thought he, Justin Fields was the best quarterback in this draft class, so I think he has the skill and the talent. Um, just not sure he has the coaching, on, you know, on the Bears. So, uh, but nonetheless, he's our number one ghost of the week, and uh, things might get worse before they get better. Moving along to running backs, our number three running back ghost of the week is Aaron Jones for the Packers, because I really kind of contemplated putting him in a lot of my FanDuel lineups. I just was like, man, Aaron Jones, he has the Washington football team, they give up some yards. Aaron Jones only carried the ball six times, had 19 yards. Caught all five of, of his passes, but only for 20 yards, so that's what, four four yards a catch? Uh, not a really good performance by Aaron Jones. And again, this is a guy that you expected to have a really big day, kind of like Mahomes where not only did they not have a big day, they ended up being one of the worst of the week. Number two, Ghost of the Week, it's none other than, you know, I was going to put Miles Sanders on here, but he got hurt, so I don't count that. Mike Davis carried the ball four times, had 10 yards, and that was it. And I thought the Dolphins were a matchup where Cordero Patterson and Mike Davis were going to get some action, and Mike Davis is just becoming an afterthought in this offense, and isn't even really playable at all. Like, I am going to be honest, I wouldn't even play him at this point. I wouldn't even have him on my team at this point. Anyway, the number two ghost of the week is Mark Ingram for the Houston Texans against the Arizona Cardinals. Mark Ingram rushed, what, six times for nine yards? Got all three of his... Uh, all three of his targets for 18 yards. And, I mean, the, Houston has a three-headed monster anyways with uh, Philip Lindsay and uh, David Johnson. But Mark Ingram here, uh, I mean, barely averaged over a yard a carry. Uh, six, what, six yards a catch. Not not a good day, especially Houston just got dominated by Arizona. This was a tough matchup all the way around. I mean, they really need a quarterback to come through, and you're hoping Tyrod Taylor gets healthy really quick because none of these guys are going to be fantasy relevant until that happens. And this, yeah, him being on the ghost list just kind of shows you that the, that's the way it goes. Tight end, uh, first tight end ghost of the week is none other than O.J. Howard for the Buccaneers. No, the Buccaneers dominated 38 points, four touchdown passes, none at all to O.J. Howard. And he was a hot pickup this week going into Chicago. Bears give up some points to the tight end. And uh, there's a lot of people, you know, Tom Brady's throwing him the ball. 
Rob Gronkowski is not going to play. Let's uh, throw in some O.J. Howard. He was targeted three times, had one catch for nine yards. So pretty disappointing. Number two ghost of the week at tight end, Anthony Frickser for Tennessee going up against Casey. Casey gives up a ton of points to the tight end. And the tight end to score was uh, Michael Pruitt, and that starts that seems to start being the case. I mean, Frickser reminds me of John U. Smith last year, except for John U. Smith was obviously a lot better, where he came out just like, you know, gang beasts. Uh, Anthony Frickser never really came out, but uh, he, he definitely was one of those guys that uh, was the starting tight end, so you expected big things from him, especially in that Titans offense. And he's just being overshadowed by uh, Michael Pruitt. One catch, one target, nine yards. So pretty similar to O.J. Howard. And then our number one ghost of the week at tight end is none other than Ross Dwelly versus the Colts. And I don't know really what to say besides that uh, Ross Dwelly was a non-factor in this game. Uh, people were pretty excited, thinking that uh, he was going to be, uh, you know, having a big game in this type of matchup with the Colts, who give up some yards to the tight end. He was targeted twice, had one catch for five yards. Just horrid. And uh, with George Kittle being out, you wanted, you expected that, you know, Russ Dolly would be able to pick up the slack a little bit. Obviously not be George Kittle by any means, but he, he did it last year uh, when Kittle was hurt for a little bit. And you're hoping to see some of that same production. And you didn't get it. So, number one ghost of the week. Uh, let's get to uh, some more fun things. It's Burke and Mrs. Pickups of the Week. Let's get it started. Pickups of the Week. This is the part of the podcast where we tell you who you need to pick up that's going to help your team, either now or down the road, to be championship contenders. This is always fun for me. Let's start off with the quarterback position. Lord knows there's been a lot of bad performances by the quarterbacks in the last couple of weeks. Um, but with the pickups, there's really not a lot there. Like my, my top three pickups, I mean, number three is Mike White for the Jets. And I'm saying this because I really think the Jets have some potential on offense, especially through the passing game. I mean, you have Jamison Crowder. You have Keelan Cole. You have, what, Denzel Mims, Corey Davis. Braxton Berrios, I mean, you have a lot there. And that's not to say, you know, tight end Tyler Croft, who's been hurt, and Ryan Griffin. I, I just feel like, you know, Zach Wilson's learning this offense, and he's not a great quarterback. So um, not that Mike White's a great quarterback, but um, this is a prime opportunity for someone just to step in and take over and look really good and get the Jets thinking that, uh, you know, Maybe they can be competitive with the uh, right guy under center. Mike White is the backup. He's going to be playing for, what, two to four weeks with the, uh, I think it was an LCL sprain by Zach Wilson. So get Mike White out there, and uh, it, it'd be good to have him on your roster. If he, he indeed kind of blows up, he has he has some good matchups. So uh, see how that unfolds. Number two, this is all because of Sam Darnold being benched. I think it might happen again. I think he's on a short leash, like I talked about on the Ghosts of the Week. I'm going with P.J. Walker of the Panthers. Um, he's a guy that's a lot, you know, a lot more versatile than Sam Darnold. He could run the ball. His 
he has a similar arm. I, I think the Panthers' offense could be more dynamic with him at quarterback. So he's a guy that, uh, you know, this Panthers' offense is really struggling right now. You saw what they can do early in the season, and they could be relevant. So P.J. Walker could uh, definitely kind of like a Mike White situation and, and take over the reins and uh, make the team better than they are and more competitive. And uh, that, that could be that could mean a long-term gig. So this is why those two guys are on the list here. Then number one, I mean, I haven't ignored all the Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson trade rumors from the Texans. He's rumored to go to Carolina, rumored to go to Miami, rumored to go to, where is it, up in, uh, I don't know, somewhere out east. Um, you know, Washington football team. He's rumored to go everywhere. Uh, so I feel like this is a good time to pick him up. Pick him up now. He's going to get traded. I think he's a guy that uh, if obviously he's not suspended by the NFL, which, I, you know, if he was going to, I, th- I thought he would have already been suspended, that uh, he can start right away and start producing points for your team. So uh, good, uh, good quarterback pickup, especially for the team that uh, he might go to. Again, if he goes to the Panthers, that's a prime spot for him. If he goes to Miami, that's a prime spot uh, for him with those weapons there. So uh, pick him up, see where he goes, and it could really pay dividends for you. And he, again, will probably be your backup. So imagine having a quarterback like Deshaun Watson as a backup. I mean, it's going to start, you know, potentially he could be your starter, uh, depending on that situation. So definitely worth the risk this week to do him, you know, get him as a pickup. Running back, my number three is Boston Scott for the Eagles. And I have a couple Eagles here, but Boston Scott is a number three pickup. Uh, the Eagles like to use multiple running backs. With Miles Sanders getting hurt, I, I think this will, this will be a couple-week thing. Uh, Boston Scott is the guy that's going to get a lot of receiving yards. And he's versatile, and he, he plays pretty well. You give him some opportunities, and Boston Scott usually comes through. So I think he, uh, again, can do that in that similar role that he had last year when uh, Miles Sanders was hurt. Number two is Kenneth Gainwell for the Eagles. Whether Miles Sanders is hurt long-term or not, uh, Kenneth Gainwell still takes on some relevancy. Uh, Miles Sanders is getting less and less usage in this offense. Uh, I think they're going to start pivoting to Kenneth Gainwell. He's he's a good option. He's a good running back. And, you know, I like Miles Sanders. I think he should get more opportunities, but he's not getting more opportunities. So uh, take advantage of the running back that will, uh, and that's Kenneth Gainwell. I think with... Uh, Jalen Hurts being the quarterback, that's kind of hurting the, the rushing game because most of the rushing yards are going through Jalen Hurts. But uh, Kenneth Gainwell, if they can get that offense more balanced, he, he's a good uh, option there. And then number one is Khalil Herbert for the Bears. He is just a beast. I mean, had an amazing uh, game last week, getting 100 yards and a touchdown. And then this past week, you know, he did decent. He, he still... You know, he's, he's the main bell cow there while, uh, you know, Damian Williams came back for a little bit. But I think uh, Herbert's kind of taken over that backfield now, and he's going to be the main back to have. So if you're able to pick him up, uh, you he, he's probably going to be the main workhorse until uh, David Montgomery comes back. And him being a rookie, who knows? He might have a really great potential down the road as well. So pick him up, and uh, definitely number one pickup. Wide receiver, this was a harder one this, this week. There's not a lot of receivers, and you're basically throwing darts at who's available. Uh, anyone, uh, you know, you definitely wide receivers a position where you can just pick a guy off a waiver wire and get lucky. 
uh, kind of like tight end. You're just trying to search for touchdowns. But uh, number three pickup of the week at wide receiver is Russell Gage for the Falcons. I liked his usage last week. He's finally healthy, and he can finally be a complimentary piece to Pitts and Calvin Ridley. He had that long touchdown. That's kind of what you were hoping to see from him from the very beginning. And I, I think as the season goes along, you're going to start seeing more of that. And with as much as the Falcons pass, I, I, I don't see why you'd have the second receiving option on the Falcons, uh, at least at wide receiver, uh, not on your team. Number two is Alan Lazard. It's even more noteworthy that uh, Devontae Adams is on the COVID list and might not play on Thursday. So if that's the case, Alan Lazard is your guy and uh, makes him even more valuable. So pick him up, start him with confidence, especially this week. This is a good matchup for him, and it should be exciting uh, for a couple weeks at least with, with Alan Lazard. I mean, you got Lazard, Devontae Adams, and Randall Cobb, and Alan Lazard was out-targeted Randall Cobb by a ton last week. So I, I like his potential as the season goes along. Then number one is a guy we definitely don't talk about, but uh, he plays for the Patriots, and that's probably why. Mac Jones is starting to come into his own. You're starting to see all those receivers get more action, and that includes you know Nelson Aguilar. That includes Jacoby Meyer. But we already knew about Jacoby Myers. This one's about Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne is kind of, you know, he's kind of a receiver that nobody talks about, but is always solid. He's kind of like Tim Patrick for the Broncos. Uh, Kendrick Bourne produces, gets touchdowns, make catches, and nobody wants to talk about it. But uh, him being a starter for the Patriots, and you know he got a touchdown last week, uh, although it was on a pass from a wide receiver. Or, yeah, it was on a uh, wide receiver to wide receiver play. Um, I think that uh, the Bourne here is just going to keep being a big part of this offense and be really productive. So. Pick him up. He's uh, there's some great matchups, especially uh, passing matchups for the Patriots coming up, and uh, he could be a solid option. Tight end. My number three is Michael Pruitt, and we kind of talked about it on the Ghosts. Anthony Ferkser is really kind of getting phased out of the passing game. Michael Pruitt is becoming a bigger part of the passing game for the Titans, and. Ever since the days of Delaney Walker, we know that tight end for the Titans means fantasy points. So right now, Michael Pruitt's the guy to own and uh, the one most likely to get you points. So I would pick him up. Number two, I have Foster Moreau. And I know Darren Waller's probably coming back. You know, he missed last week. uh, And he's probably going to come right back and play this week. But Foster Moreau's a really good tight end. And if it wasn't for Darren Waller just dominating the NFL... We would be already knowing about Foster Moreau and talking about him. But uh, anyway, Foster Moreau, really good tight end. Needs to be used more in the Raiders' offense. I think they'll utilize him more and uh, really have that two-headed tight end attack with Darren Waller and just make this Raiders' offense harder to defend. Because I'm, I'm not totally sold on the Raiders' wide receivers, and I think uh, utilizing these tight ends kind of help create a, a more balanced passing attack for Derek Carr. Then number one, I left him for dead, threw him out to get run over by the bus, the proverbial bus. I uh, have been ripping on him all year, and now I'm telling you to pick him up. And I'm fine with that. I, you know, I'll swallow my pride and uh, admit when I'm wrong. But uh, Robert Tanyan needs to be a pickup at this point. 
He was non-existent for so long. I actually said just last week that he was probably droppable and you didn't have to play him. And then he goes on a spurt for these last couple of weeks and is just kind of, you know, being the old Robert Tanyan of old, being a great weapon for Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is looking for him. He's getting open, and he's making the catches. So if Robert Tanyan's sitting out there on your waiver wire, run out there and pick him back up because uh, he is going to be an effective piece for Aaron Rodgers. And especially now with uh, Devonta Adams is coming up week, potentially not playing, and um, just into the future with uh, not a lot of receiving options uh, for Aaron Rodgers, I, I think it's Robert Tanya is going to start making that shift towards being relevant again. So go pick him up. And there you have it. Those are our pickups of the week. NFL preview alert. The Green Bay Packers at the Arizona Cardinals. Pretty excited about this game. I mean, Thursday night games don't get any better than this. This is going to be the battle for the best team in the NFL, in my opinion. Packers win, beating the undefeated Cardinals at home. I think, you know, outside of that week one uh, flub to the Saints, they have definitely bragging rights of being the best team. Cardinals, on the other hand, on the other hand, are pretty much crowned the best team right now, being undefeated. But uh, we'll see how it works out. Cardinals are favored by three and a half points. And I kind of take this game as a toss-up game. So I'm going to take the Packers and get the points. Can the Cardinals win by 3.5? Yes. But, I mean, the Packers can win this game just as easily. You're going to give me points on top of that and more than a field goal. I'm going to take it. 53.5 is the over-under. I'm going to take the over on this. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Thursday night, you know, two great teams. I just feel like it's going to be a high-scoring game. Starting for the Packers, I'm starting Aaron Rodgers. I'm starting Aaron Jones. And the only reason why I'm starting both of them is because, you know, they really have bad matchups in this one, but you're not going to bench them. So, you know, we don't really even need to talk about it too much. Uh, you're playing them regardless of matchup. Now, Devontae Adams, obviously, with COVID-19, that's, you know, a scary proposition on, uh, you know, how to replace a player like that in that caliber. But Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, I'm going to be playing both of those guys. I think uh, they're obviously going to get a lot of targets with Devontae Adams being out. And... Having said that, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about Robert Tanyan because the Cardinals are the best team in football against the tight end. But where's Aaron Rodgers going to throw it to, right? So that's another question that I have. Uh, but right now, I'm sitting Robert Tanyan. A.J. Dillon, the uh, Cardinals can stop the run. And uh, I like Aaron Jones just for his receiving ability, of course. Uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, you got to start. He's going to be a fiend in this game. James Conner, Chase Edmonds, both those running backs. And Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins are the other two guys I'm starting. They have bad matchups, kind of like with the Packers running backs. The Cardinals receivers have bad matchups in this one. But DeAndre Hopkins, the way Christian Kirk's been playing, I, I don't see a situation where you're benching either of those guys. Uh, I, I think, you know, Rondell Moore, A.J. Green, those are more the guys you're going to bench in this matchup. And... Zach Ertz, my boy Zach Ertz, you're going to start him in this one. This is a great matchup. Packers cannot defend the tight end position at all. Zach Ertz had a pretty solid week last week. 
I mean, granted, it was on that one play that, uh, you know, that 40-yard play for a touchdown. But uh, I think as he gets acclimated into this offense, he'll be more of a weapon for them. And this is a good matchup. So, um, yeah, there you go. This is uh, going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to watch it. And I, I don't know how it's going to go. It's one of those things where it's kind of a toss-up game. And even trying to find the, uh, the hidden gems in this in regards to value for fantasy football purposes, it's kind of a hard uh, prediction. So I'll see how I do on it. But, I'm uh, yeah, regardless, I'm really looking forward to this game. We are done, son. Thank you for listening to the Miz, the Wiz, Montalban Fantasy Football Show. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, all the major podcast applications. We'll be right back at it in a couple days, previewing Week 8 NFL action. So thank you for listening. See you in a couple days. Cheers. Cheers.